I think it's the dumbest thing I ever saw in my life, but if I can get the message out of Moldova, I use it. And um, she is a year old in February and has totally and completely changed my life. In fact, one of the reasons, two reasons why my wife is not here today. One is Ali, and the second one is we just came back. Listen to this for a blessing. For those in the first service, there's a, f- a friend, in fact, he, he produces our music for us from a fade book called Wesley Pritchard. Wesley, he um, does a lot of the music and vocal arrangements for the Gaither videos that you see. He's on every Gaither video. You'll see produced, one of the producers is Wesley Pritchard. And he called me, uh, oh dear, 10 days ago, two weeks ago. And he says, are you guys free next week? I says, yeah, we're free next week. He says, well, I have a friend who operates two cruises. Are you ready for this? How many believes when you bless God, God blesses you back? And he says, well, this, he says, this guy, Dr. Charles Stanley and, and Jonathan Falwell, and who else, Andrew, was there? Jerry Vines and a bunch of singing groups were there. And um, they had booked this ship called the Fascination in a 200 unsold births. And he called me up and he says, would you be interested? Uh, This this fellow talked to Wesley and said, do you know anyone that wants to go on a cruise? And he, you know, ministry. And he says, well, I I got a friend down in Montgomery that might want to go. And he called me up and we we went on a five-day cruise to the Bahamas for $145. Now, if this ever happens again and there are a couple of hundred places, how many would like me to tell you that? And we, we, so we drove to Jacksonville, Florida, and we left there and was down in the Bahamas. It was so cold, you could have had Eskimos in the Bahamas. It never got above 60 degrees the whole time. I almost had fro- I'm out on the back of the boat, sitting on the, not, not, I was on the back part of the boat, freezing to death, determined I am going to sit out in the sun. And I'm thinking, I'm going to die a cold in this place. I'm, t- I'm going to freeze to death. But it was a wonderful time. And, uh, but when we were gone... Upstairs in our house, the water heater broke. And we came home to four of our ceilings on the floor. And um, fell down on top of our washer and dryer and broke them. And the, 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 the guest room and the whole, ba- everything is ruined. All the flooring, we had oak flooring in our hallways, all had to be torn up. It's all cupped and wasted. So my wife is paying for her cruise right now. I have to go because it's ministry, you understand? <laughs> I must, I, I, I cannot stay, darling. I would love to help you. You know, I'd love to be there for you. But I've got to go, and I'll see you when this is all cleaned up. <laughs> so there she is. So that's why Chris is not here. But we, we babysit for Allie. And the great thing is my oldest son, Philip, and his wife, Melissa, work in the ministry. So they deliver her to our house every day at 8 o'clock. And my world begins at 8 o'clock. And I don't go to the office anymore. If my office wants me, they can call me or email me. And that's all I need. And all we do, all I do is play with my granddaughter because I want to impact her for Jesus. And between services, I went out and I called her. And I was singing, deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain. Okay, good night, goodbye, I'm going home. <laughs> but it's wonderful to be here. This church, you have no idea the partnership and the blessing that this church has been to us in our mission work. 
And I said in the first, that sounds like Allie. It's, it's, it's amazing how intolerant I was over babies two years ago. And now when a baby cries, I want to go and I want to give, give, the, give, the child, give the child to me. I can stop that baby crying. Give it to me. I'm only kidding, Bill. Not for you. No, no, you're on your own. <laughs> so anyway, and uh, this, this church partners with us and has given so sacrificially to allow us to do what we're doing over in Moldova. But how many, how many have never heard about what we do? Anyone here at all? For the first, you've never heard? One, one person. Well, just very briefly, Moldova is a communist country between Ukraine and Romania. It is the poorest country in all of Europe. It's like Africa in Europe. The main, the main city has got streets and sidewalks and, and, and some lights, not much. And when you go out two miles out of the main city, there is no sidewalks, no roads in the villages, no indoor plumbing, and people live like they're in Africa. And in that country, in the orphanages, when a girl or boy turns 16... They are given $32 and sent away out on the street. And they end up tens of thousands of them. The American ambassador who opened Stella's house. In fact, interesting, he opened, the new ambassador called Chowdhury opened Stella's two. Kirby, ambassador Kirby opened Stella's one. And Chowdhury is from Pakistan. And he and his wife came to open Stella's house and we had a big celebration and stuff. The girls did puppets and all the stuff they do. And uh, one of the girls, Dasha, w- was there. And I said, Dasha, come and tell Mr. Ambassador what Stella's house is mean- means to you. So she came over and, and she went off on a tear about Jesus. She says, let me tell you something, Mr. Ambassador. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have peace. And if you don't have Jesus, you have no joy. I was unhappy and, until Jesus, and she, and she, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And it hit me, Chowdhury, Pakistan, Muslim. And I'm going, oh, Lord. And I'm standing scared to look at the ambassador. I'm thinking, shut up, shut up. Dasha, shut up, stop. And the more I prayed, the worse she got. And I'm telling you now, if you don't have Jesus, you will never know peace. And I'm thinking, oh, God, this is it. You know, the, the, when, I finally, when she finally stopped, I turned to the ambassador, embarrassed, and tears were running down his face. And on the, on the web page, on the web page of the American embassy in Moldova, for months and months, was the opening of Stella's house. And the fact that the ambassador was weeping when he saw what we've done. And the ambassador told us there is as much as 400,000 Moldovan girls trafficked around the world. The State Department describes it as a genocide of an entire generation of women. And God has challenged us. We build homes in Moldova called Stella's Houses. Bear with me those that know the story. A girl called Stella paralyzed on one side of her body in, in, in an orphanage. She became my friend. And six years ago, I'm back to the orphanage with Christmas presents and asked the, the doctor, Unde Stella, where's Stella? And she said, Morit, dead. And um, they had put Stella out on the street and she had died of AIDS at 19. And she was my friend. She, 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 
she should always wait for me at the orphanage door. In fact, one time I gave a, a, a Christmas presents. A church in Columbus, um, Sam Freeman's church, had made earrings. The woman had put together earrings, dangly earrings, clippy-on earrings. And uh, so I, I gave this box to Stella and I showed her what they were. So I'm walking around all the, all the rooms in the orphanage, and Stella's got this box, and she's going to the girls. And I was, ask what's in the box. And I completely forgot about it. So eventually she, she poked me and she went, because she didn't speak English and I didn't speak Romanian. Oh, yes, yes. So I, put, I made a mistake of putting one pair of earrings on a girl. And that trip was known as the earring trip. And my father was raised in the old Pentecostal position that a girl didn't wear earrings. And I'm clipping these earrings on all these girls thinking, my dad were here just now. He'd be shooting me for all this flesh in the jar. <laughs> and Stella died of AIDS. And the houses that we build in Moldova are called Stella's houses. And um, God has blessed us. This year has been a crazy, unbelievable year. Um, in the middle of recession, when the government's telling us that America is no longer great and we're going to have to compromise and become like Europe. Let me tell you something. America was founded by people that didn't want to be European anymore. The last thing this country needs to be is European. Do you hear me? You are not European. We fought... We fought that battle a couple of centuries ago, and these clowns are dragging us back to socialism. Listen, guys, my dad, Simon Peter Cameron, was in a hospital in Aberdeen, Scotland, with heart failure, and he had, his kidneys were failing. And I, and, and, and I knew it, and he was swelling up with fluid. And I went to the doctor. I said, doctor, put my dad on dialysis. Give his kidneys a break. And the doctor laughed at me in the face. He says, we can't afford to put your father on dialysis, Mr. Cameron. He died at 1 o'clock in the morning. So whatever they're telling you, trust me, I've lived there all my life. We don't need to be European. We are American. Thank I am no longer European. I is an American too. Is that all right? Whoa, you get me going on this thing. And furthermore, if you elect me president of this country, I'm going to make Bill wear a kilt. I'm sorry, Bill. You, just, you anoint me. Whenever I see you, I just something comes over me. I can't help myself. But in the middle of, of all of this devastation, we just had a board meeting in Montgomery a couple of weeks ago, and our accountant stunned us because you're giving and you're giving and you don't, you're so busy finding money to give it away that you never count. It's just, oh, thank God that needs met. What's the next one? And they come like waves at you, and you're going to believe God, and you climb over the next wave, and you go, oh, how did that, how oh, here is the next one, and you start all over again. And uh, folks say, you know, every time Philip Cameron comes to our church, he needs money. That is correct. <laughs> and the day that Philip Cameron comes to your church and doesn't need money, then I've got nothing to tell you. The day that this church has all the money it needs, it's lost its vision. Your bank account should never be bigger than your vision. If your bank account's bigger than your vision, you are in trouble. I don't know why I'm saying this, but I'm telling you the truth. Where there is no vision, people perish. Not while there is no money, people... 
Let me tell you something. All the money in the world with no vision, you'll still die. I've been taken out by the richest folks you could ever imagine. Millionaires, multi-millionaires, and they are miserable, poor souls. Some of the biggest people I've ever met are broke. Because their vision, man, God meets them just on time. And our accountant says, do you know how much you, you gave away this year to Moldova? I said, no, $1.3 million. In the middle of a recession. In the middle of the world falling apart. I got news for you. My God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And the only thing, to quote one of your presidents, we have to fear... It's fear itself. And I'm hearing the same kind of nonsense that was in this country. Well, we're just going to have to settle for less. And we're going to have to just, you know, cut down and, and be normal. And we're not a special nation like we've always thought we were. And we're not specifically blessed by God like we always thought we were. We're just like France. I don't believe that this country is just like France. And I'm Scottish. And I don't believe that this country is just like Scotland. This nation has a unique part to play in the kingdom of God and in the world. Oh, I can feel an anointing coming on. It's not, it's not, it's, it's not over Moldova. I tell you folks, I, I mean this, I mean this, I mean this, I mean this. Get a vision in your spirit that is so big that you can't. When was the last time that vision drove you so much that you couldn't sleep all night? When was the last time that you, now this doesn't include Bill, that you paced the floor all night long? Not doing this. When was the last time you had so much passion and so much vision in your spirit for something bigger than you've ever dreamed or imagined before? When was the last time that happened to you? When was the last time you lay at night in your bed and you couldn't sleep, staring out in the darkness, blinking, thinking, and seeing stuff that don't exist? I live there almost every night. Ask these kids. That's how I live all the time. Whatever I'm doing, it's not enough. However far I reach, it's not good enough. We've got to do more for the kingdom of God. And I've discovered something. God will find, go around the world and find someone that believes for more than just survival. This church was not born just to survive. This church was born to take the country from Jordan to the sea and to possess this land. I make everybody happy. Some are happy when I come. Others are happy when I go. But I'll tell you what, God in heaven is the truth. I'll never lie to you. I'm not here to impress you. I could preach. You've heard me preaching before. This is not about preaching. This is about impartation. And I challenge this church. If I, and I have no idea. God in heaven is my judge. I don't know what's going on. But it's time to go through all the systems of the church. And look at everything again with fresh faith eyes. Here's what my dad says. Only what you see on the mountain of faith is really true. I think I'll say that again. Only what you see on the mountaintop of faith is really true. Anything else other than that is suspect. Because it becomes tainted with your ideas. And the moment your impressions, it pollutes God's pure vision. Still love me? 
Anyway, so what's happened this year in Moldova has been crazy. We started with Stellas 1. We bought a, an empty shell of a house and made it into Stellas 2. The success of this house is unbelievable. We are seeing young girls that have never heard the gospel come into Stellas' house and be evangelized by the girls that are already there. I don't lead the girls to Jesus anymore. The girls that I led to Jesus lead the girls to Jesus. They have Bible studies. In fact, uh, let me see if I can find it here. Hold on a second. I, got a, I, get emails, I get emails, 20 emails a day. I'm never far away. Oh, that's Ali. Outside in the garden with her grandma, helping her grandma. Oh, Jesus, help me. Let me, let me try and find this from Dasha. Is this all right? Let's just... Stop it. <laughs> Leave me alone. This is my friends here. Okay, got this from Dasha. Hey, Daddy, the Bible study was great. I started with asking them different questions about faith and how they can make their faith visible. Like if they will just say, I have faith in God, and they will not show this is not a real faith. We read James 2, 14 through 26. And there's a great example with Abraham and his son Isaac. So thank you, Daddy, for telling me that day... She, I emailed her and I said, do something for God today. And she had a Bible study. So thank you, Daddy, for telling me that day to do something for God today. I've learned to love and miss, you, love and miss my blonde daddy, Dasha. Dasha Cameron. Hey, catch. There you go. So what I'm telling you, folks, to watch the girls that you led to Jesus become missionaries themselves is every missionary's dream. Because most mission work is supported by America, supported by dollars, and it only keeps on going as long as you keep throwing money at the thing. What's happening here is these girls are becoming salt and light all by themselves. They go to school, and in their society, to be an orphan is a horrendous embarrassment. And they try not to tell anyone that they're an orphan. Our girls go to school and say, I used to be an orphan, but I'm not one now. i got a dad and a mom. And what happens is they use their dark days to inspire them to tell, listen, if Jesus can do this for me, he can do this for you. And that is the most amazing, exciting thing in my heart to watch this thing reproducing itself. So we built, we bought Stella's 2 and finished it. Stella's 3 is now at the last paint and tile. In fact, Dasha keeps sending me pictures of them doing the bathrooms and painting and all the doors are now in place and we're believing God we need, we need about... Seventy to eighty thousand dollars to fill a container of furniture. If you go to Target.com or JCPenney.com or Walmart.com, is that right, Andrew? If you go in there and go to the registry right in Stella's house, you can go there and you can buy towels or pillowcases or something small, salt and pepper shaker. Everything we need for the houses is on those websites. And you can buy them online, and they deliver them to us in Montgomery to put on the container for Moldova. Isn't that great? So y'all need to go shopping this afternoon and buy something for Stella's house. If you go to our website, there's a direct link there, isn't it? It's much more simple. Just fill up 1L. Cameron.org. So you can, you can do, do that. That's wonderful. And what happened was, so Stella's one is in Kapkui, is in Kishnar rather. And then we, we bought Stella's two and then bought Stella's three next door to it. Last summer, Stella's, this other house on the other side of Stella's two, um, I, was in, I, was, I was there one time and looking out the kitchen, praying over this house. And a whole bunch of men showed up to look to buy the house. 
And I'm praying for the kitchen of Stellas 2 to this building I want to be Stellas 4. And I am pleading the blood and rebuking the devil and releasing the saints and everything else. Like, in the name of Jesus. I mean, I mean, I'm praying at these guys. You will not have this building. It's for the kingdom of God. And I'm thinking, please don't look up here just now. Or they'll think, my goodness, what's wrong with that guy out there praying? And uh, we were in a church in Concord, North Carolina. And in this service, I told on the Thursday of this I was there on the Sunday. On the Thursday, the man who owned the house contacted Vio, the guy that works for me, and says, do you want to buy this house, yes or no? And Vio called me, and I says, Vio, we've got no money towards this. We are stretched as far as we can go right now. He says, well, what will I tell him? I says, well, tell him, yes, we want to buy the house. No, we don't have the money. So on Sunday, just like this, I said, look, folks, please pray that God can allow us to, to secure this house so it isn't sold to someone else so we can get more funds in the future to make it a house like the other two. So we'll have two, three, and four side by side. And the wall between two and three is knocked down so it's one campus. All one, just one big area for these girls. We'll be able to have 75 girls in that one place. And uh, so I said this in the service. And unknown to me in the service, there was a lawyer and his wife sitting in different parts of the church. And the Holy Ghost spoke to both of them at the same time and said, buy that house. For Philip Cameron. So after the service, the pastor came up and he says, You are not going to believe what I just. And he says, We are buying the house $130,000 just for the shell and, the, and, the, and the, the land. So we now have two, three, and four side by side. Whenever two is, three is finished, we're taking the girls from one out to Stella's three, and we're turning Stella's one into a boy's home, and we're calling it Simon's house in honor of my dad. I think that's the right thing to you, don't you think so? So we already have young men. We already have young men right now waiting, desperately waiting to come to Stella's house because i got to raise some godly young men to marry some godly young girls because I am not letting my daughters go, not letting my daughters go. You laugh at I'm going to beat you all the way home today. I'm not letting my daughters go to godless guys. We've got to find Jesus, boys. And uh, so that's what we're doing. And the most recent thing was, how uh, many remember, we, we, in fact, you guys gave a huge sum of money to help us do the upstairs and finish the orphanage in Kapku. You remember that? Well, the government closed that building down. They had this crazy idea to get rid of all these orphans. And what they did was they went to any relative, anyone they could find, a blood relative, second cousin, three times removed, uncle, aunt, anyone. And they said, what can we pay you to take this child out of the orphanage? So, they, And I'm telling you what actually happened. One father, that's um, Vika and Marina's, Maria's dad, he signed the paperwork, divorced from his wife, didn't take the kids and gave them to his wife. 15 chickens, two girls. One is 16 and one is 14, I think. 14. And doesn't want them. And I happened to meet them on the street in Kishnau with their mother, who had no money, and I gave her money for school supplies. And they are spending every weekend right now in Stella's house, and we've got some paperwork to finish, and they are starting coming... They're leaving and coming to stay with us in Stella's house because they're the girls at the greatest risk at that age. So what happened was they gave all these babies away and closed the orphanage down. 
And I was absolutely devastated because they chose, of all the orphanages in Moldova, they chose Kapkui to close down first. And this organization, sponsored by UNICEF, went to the government and said, this orphanage is the worst orphanage in the country, and it was the best one. And they told them that the children's lives were at risk, and the government, without checking, says, well, close it. So they closed it, and then what happened was the government took the building, the federal government says, we don't want this building anymore, we're going to give it to the state. And then when they gave it to the state, and the state is bankrupt, the, the states, the, the, all these regions are bankrupt. And what happened was, all of a sudden, these kids that had been given away started coming back up again out of the woodwork, abuse and beaten. And, and one, one boy called Volvo was chased by whoever had got him with an axe, and he literally slept in the grass outside the orphanage in the wintertime, nowhere to go. So what happened was they found a little girl of two and her brother of four abandoned in a house. And, and they, that set a panic amongst them. And the Children Protection, who, who are an entity unto themselves, contacted me. And the governor of the province contacted me and said, we, we are interested in, can you help us? And how that came about, we, I'd taken a pastor to the orphanage. This is really complicated. I took a pastor to the orphanage and it was closed down. The day I got there, the, the director was, the, the orphanage was empty, just the director sitting. And she said, they're having a meeting just now in Leova as to what to do with this building. So I went into the, walked into this, this, this uh, confab about 15 people in the room, sat down and said, I'm Philip Cameron. I'm the major sponsor of this orphanage and you can't do anything until... You talk to me about it because I discovered that when we signed the contracts, that we had a 15-year contract that the orphanage could only be used for children. And I forgot completely about it until the director reminded me. So they came back to me and said, okay, what can we do? And it's, this is, the end of the story is this. I'm going back 10 days from now. Is that right, Andrew, 10 days? To sign the contracts to take over Kapkui building for 25 years. To, listen. We're calling it Providence. And it is going to be a Christian. A full blown. Boys and girls. Christian orphanage. That I need some people to come over. To come over. And, and spend. We have a mission house real close to the orphanage. We're looking for teams to come over. That will literally come and just go and play with the kids. And, and, and they don't speak English. And you don't speak Romanian. But you can take time. How we won these girls. How we got more Constanza. Because she came from this orphanage. We, in this little house. We would take them over to our house at night time. And play any games. Just silly games. We did crossword puzzles. Or we, we would have a jigsaw puzzle in the ground, you know, and, and no one spoke English. It was all mime. But by loving them and spending time with them, we won them to Jesus. So how many will be praying for us that God allows us to open Kapkui back up again as a Jesus-filled orphanage so that these young folk, instead of waiting till they're 16 and being destroyed, we can get them when they're two and lead them to Jesus all the way through their life. So be praying about that. It's a huge undertaking. I was, I was telling Aaron, it costs the, it, it, to heat the place just for the fuel, the oil, is costing us sixty-five to seventy thousand dollars a year just for the oil 
to heat the building. That's how big the building is. We have to find tens of thousands of dollars immediately to take some of the rooms and make them into apartments. Because instead of having workers that come in like teachers and go home at night, we are hiring couples that will stay in the orphanage, hopefully with kids, so that they can be there and each floor will have a, a parent that will be open. They can go into the mom and their, their house parent, their mom and dad at the orphanage, and go in and see them and, 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 and have a family atmosphere within the orphanage. And, um, but it is the biggest undertaking by far we've ever, ever done. But how many believe that God is big enough to do it? And I believe that you guys, Kapkui, you threw us over the cliff. This church, with your giving, tossed us over the edge. So I'm grabbing you by your, ta- by your shirt and your, your tie, and you're coming with me in the name of Jesus. And um, so, you know, help, basically. <laughs> Come up here. Stanza, will you please? This is very special. We have two of the girls from Moldova here from Stella's house. And your name is? Constancia. And how old are you? Nineteen. Nineteen. Isn't she gorgeous? They sell these girls for $3,500 a piece. She is worth $3,500. She is priceless. She has cost me more than $3,500. Yes. Yes. Dear Lord Jesus, yes. Every time I look at this girl, this girl is an anointing for Walmart. What's that, Andrew? Come on, you tell them the story. We're just, it's just family here. It's so late now, it doesn't matter. Listen, every minute I spend with you, it takes me a minute longer to get home, 10, 12 hours away. So don't be complaining that you're, you're late in church this morning. We, um, with the motorhome, we usually stay at a Walmart because they let you park there for free. Um, so you can go in and shop probably. Um, but anyways... We were staying at Walmart in Cincinnati, and we just pulled out the parking lot, and our water and fuel light came on, and so we had to go to a truck stop and look for it. And I guess Constanza wasn't paying attention that we, we, we went on the interstate and went down the next exit and pulled off at a truck stop. And so we talked to the guy and pulled into the bay, and so Stanza goes, are we near a Walmart? And Dad goes, yep, mm-hmm. And so, and so I looked at Dad, and I went, no, we're not. And uh, so Stanza says, okay, I'm going shopping. So dad goes, okay, just go outside the bay and take a right, and it's, you know, down to, to the right. <laughs> and so she, so she gets her money. No, no, no. Dad, have you any money? Yeah. I said, sure, take all the money. So I gave her all the money I had in the pocket. She said, take that money. Knowing that the money's coming back, when she went down there and took a right. So off she went to go shopping at Walmart. And what did you find? She popped her head back into the bay and went, there's no Walmart. And what did, we, what did we buy the other night in the Walmart? Where were we at in the other night? In Louisiana? And in, in, was it somewhere? What did we buy the other night? Tons and tons of? Jeans. Jeans. We found jeans for $5. Isn't that cool? And we bought 50 pairs of jeans. If ever you go to Walmart and you see jeans for $5, in the name of Jesus, buy some of them, all right? Send them to me. The, little, the, the littlest wee ones you can get. Some girls that have been in America for a year or so need larger jeans than they used to need. But originally, they're zeros and twos and fours. 
Do you love me? Still love me? Yes. <laughs> tell him. Tell to watch this girl laugh. Under when I met her, she didn't understand a word of English. Had never heard English. Had never heard of Jesus. Didn't know there was a God that existed. Lived the first time I saw her, she was she had lice, and was really a mess. And uh, to watch them turn into gorgeous girls for Jesus just takes my breath away to see what God's done in their lives. And that this is a different church. See the first service you were at this morning. All those people have gone away. This is all brand new folks. They've never met you before. What's your name? Constanza. That's my second time. <laughs> I love you, Dad. <laughs> when I was four years old, my father was murdered. And my mom left me with my grandmother. Uh, we didn't have very much food to eat. Um, we used to eat uh, the chicken's food. And my, my grandmother decided that it would be better for me to live in the orphanage because my mother never visited, so never came back in two years. So she said, my mom is dead and I have to go to the orphanage. So after a couple of months, um, one day I went to wash my clothes and I heard somebody call my name. Well, most of the kids in Moldova, they called me Constanza, but the only person who really knew my real name was my mother, and she always loved to call me Constantia. So I, was, I heard that this lady is calling my name, and I was wondering who is she and how does she knows my name. When I turned around and I looked at her, this lady was standing in front of me, and she was drunk, her face was bruised, she was dirty, and she, she looked at me and she said, Constantia, I'm your mom. I couldn't believe because I knew my grandmother said that she is dead. So I dropped my clothes and I started to run because I was so afraid of her. After a couple of months, I left with her in Russian. I never went to school for four years. After four years, when we came back to Moldova, she said I have to go back to the orphanage. I didn't spoke Romanian anymore. I just knew Russian. And going back into the orphanage is hard because um, they tried to put me and the little kids to learn everything from the beginning. And because I was so big and I had lies, the kids used to make fun of me and I used to cry. I was very ashamed standing in the middle of the room. And there was nobody to encourage me or to, to tell them to not laugh at me. Because living in the orphanage, there is nobody. If you fell down, nobody will come to give you a hand and ask you if you're okay. Before that came, our condition in the orphanage was really bad because all the walls around the room was black and mall. And we had to go outside in the bathroom because we didn't have inside bathrooms. And if it was raining or if it was snowing, you had to go by yourself because nobody will come with you. We used to have showers with five carats and cold water. We never had our own clothes. We never had presents. We never had Christmas presents. The only gift we can give to each other was in the Christmas time is to sing some songs and sing some poems. And imagine that in the middle of the kids is my mom and she's proud of me. But there was nobody. After that, just go back into your room and cry. 
and nobody is interesting to listen to you or to understand your pain because you're an orphan. The only Christmas I remember that was the most wonderful Christmas I ever had, my first. That these people came and asked us to sing again and they didn't speak our language, but they were interesting to see our concert. And they start to shout and clap their hands and laugh and we looked at them and think, who are those people? Don't they know we are orphans? Don't they know that we are not important? Listening to other kids every day in school and saying stuff about like how great time they had with their parents, what their parents bought to them. You just stand in the corner and realize that there is nobody ever going to buy you anything and take you somewhere because you don't have nobody. I used to run most of the times in the night with my mother from my mom's boyfriends because they were after her to kill her. I used to to sleep in the corner all night, not eating with days, just smelling the food of somebody else cooking and get enough of it. Living in the orphanage, everyone, thank you. Everyone, every teacher tells you that you'll, you don't have anything in this world and you're never gonna be anything because you're an orphan. You're always stupid and you're always ugly. There is nobody to protect you, to encourage you, to love you. You don't know what love is, to be loved by your mom and your dad. All, all you know is to hate others because you think everyone hates you. You look at yourself in the mirror and you see as an ugly and stupid person that won't be anything. Live or die, anyone won't care. Nobody will ever know that he existed. I was one of those hearts that lived in the darkness that hate myself and hate my mother for the thing that she did to me. I never asked for this life. And she never answered anything, but she gave it to me and loved me. I always wonder what, was I, what I have done wrong, what was my mistake. She never had anything to answer to me. There are so many questions inside a orphan heart that there is nobody to answer to them and to understand them. You always take the bad road because you don't know how to take a good one. There are many hearts in Moldova that doesn't know about his love, doesn't know his name, the one who created them, doesn't know how to be loved. I never knew sleeping and crying every night in my room. I never knew that there was a God who was listening to me, understanding me, and planning a future for me that would change my life so I can change others. I never knew that I could be a better person, the one that I'm standing right here today, speaking your language, and telling you how, how much God changed my life and how thankful I am for that.
that my heart is a red heart and not a dark heart anymore. And I thank all the people who give maybe their last money to change my life. And I thank you all for giving and for, let, for not letting me be there to die without knowing the love of God. Thank you for your giving. May God bless your hearts and your soul as you bless others. Amen. I live with these girls. They stay in my house. I see them all the time. Tom's been there. Kathy's been there. We just live as a family, don't we? We're just a family. And it never fails to amaze me. The power of the gospel. They can take, understand, not just an orphan, but beaten mercilessly, physically as well as emotionally. Beaten down every day. You're nothing. You'll never be anything. You're useless. You're stupid. Look at you. Your children will be in this place. And a wee seed of the gospel plants in their heart. And if you ask Constanza, are you an orphan, Constanza? Constanza is not an orphan anymore. And I can't help but think how blessed we are in America and how we live in crisis mode. And our crisis is a broken fingernail or a flat tire. Or he thinks this about me and she said that about me and I'm not, I'm not happy anymore. I'm just not happy. Get over it. I grumble that I had no shoes. Until I met a man who had no feet. I am so proud of Constanza. Illiterate. Has, has overcome unbelievable odds. Mocked by all the girls in the you're a fool. You're the stupid one. And her spirit of grace blows my mind. This gospel works. My God. Come up here, Natalie, will you please? This is Natalie. Once we finished working with Constanza's orphanage and we rebuilt it, we went to another orphanage, the biggest one in the country, 700 kids. And they were freezing almost to death. Because the windows were rotten. And it was 391 windows we replaced. Big major organizations. Secular organizations. I could name them and you would know them. Walked away. Let me tell you something. A lot of these organizations. A lot of them tell you stories and get your money. But don't always do what they say they're doing. I'll guarantee you in Haiti... For every dollar that's spent, there's 10 being blown. It's unbelievable what's happening there just now. Because they've caught the heart of America, the biggest, most generous heart in the world, 
And boy, they are, they are making hay while the sun shines. And most of the money will not get to where it's going. And the, the government, the minister of education, came one day to Kapkui and says, you are coming with me. And took me in their car and drove me to this orphanage. And her director came out and says, I know who you are. I've heard what you've done. And I know that you talk about God. And if you want to talk about Jesus here, I don't care. But please just help us. I says, what's your biggest need? He says, come and let me show you. And he poked his finger through the wood sponge that was once wood. And he says, these children spend every night. In fact, the year I got there, the American Air Force sent over jet engines. You know those big jet heaters to keep these kids from freezing to death? From her, her. Natalie, from freezing to death. They've seen stuff that you guys would never understand. Lived through nights that you'll never know. And I went in there and, and God helped us to put the windows in. And on our last inspection, we, we were asked, the director said, come outside, I want to show you something. And on this green metal bench outside the orphanage, I sit, I never go there without sitting down on that bench. Eighteen girls sitting. And the, the director walked up and he just says, they all must go. And I just finished Stella's one, and there's a blue cl classroom with all the windows in it. And I looked at Chrissy, and I said out loud, I said, oh, God, I can't do this again. And the Holy Ghost said, no, but I can. And I said, how many kids can we get? How many beds can we put in the, in the classroom? And Chrissy thought, she said, well, three, three. And we had to pick three girls and let 15 go. And one of the girls we picked was Natalie. We took them to Stella's house and gave them Coke and Sprite and Fanta and more and sandwiches. Never seen, most of them had never seen sandwiches before. Most of them wouldn't eat because they were too nervous. And I said, has any of you any questions? And this beautiful little face, her hand shut up in the air. I have a mother I don't know. Have, I never have had a father. Is there a place for me in Stella's house? I says yes, there is. Any more questions? Same hand, same face. And after about three or four questions, I looked at Christian and I says, "I believe this one's coming. I believe this one's coming. Tell them what Jesus has done in your heart, my darling." Well, my enjoying, enjoying this. I don't know what time it normally finished, but it won't be today. I'm telling you now. All right. Uh, my name is Natalie, and me being able to stay on this stage and share my story with you is a miracle. When I was four years old, my mom got blind, and she couldn't take care of me, so she put me in the orphanage. I've been living in the orphanage for nine years with over 700 kids. I've never had a dad, never heard anything about my dad. When I was in the orphanage, me and my best friend, Dasha, used to go Dasha. every... From the email that that just read, I used to go with her every Sunday and every Saturday at the orphanage gate and wait for somebody to come. And for nine years, nobody came. Tell me about Dasha. Tell me about 
Dasha used to sleep beside Dasha used to sleep beside me, and when the winter in winter nights was really really cold, and our windows were very bad before Dad fixed them. She used to sleep with me, and every morning she used to get up and she used to dress like a boy. And for the first days, because I, she was new in the orphanage, I didn't know why she is like that. So I asked her, and she said, because when my mom was pregnant, her boyfriend told my mom that if the baby is going to be a boy, I'm going to keep you and the baby. But if it's going to be a girl, I don't want you and the baby. So Dasha, of course, was a, was a girl, and her boyfriend left her mom. And Dasha used to dress for 16 years of her life and boys' clothes, wear boys' hats, everything that a guy wears. And all the time when you would ask her, why are you doing that? She would say, because my mom has the life she has because I was, I was a mistake. I wasn't a boy. And she dressed in boys' clothes, hoping that her dad would finally come back. Yeah. And she used to, sometimes in the orphanage, she found, somehow she found her father's cell phone, and she called her his house and he said his wife pick up his phone and she said I know you know about me just please tell tell him she doesn't call him a dad she said please tell him that I'm alive and I'm doing well and I'm wearing boys clothes hoping that he will come and visit me and me living sleeping beside her trying to tell her That she is a girl because God wanted her to be a girl. Thank you. And she would look at me and she would say, How do you know? You are in the same orphanage as me. You don't have a better life than I do. When I was 16 years old, I needed to leave the orphanage and Sometimes when people would ask me, what's your dream, what do you want to become? Half of the time I'd say, well, half of the time we don't sleep because it's so cold and we're starving and we can't even dream. And half of the time we're told that we're nothing. How do you expect us to dream? When I was 16, I used to cry every night because I didn't have where to go. I didn't have any hope, I didn't have any future. I knew, I heard many stories of the girls and boys that are trafficked around the world. And I was so afraid of them. I used to go back to my mom's house and ask her, why you'd never come to visit me? I thought that today, me being here and being so blessed, I thought that I'm gonna hate her and I'm gonna, but no, I didn't know that God can put so much love in someone's heart after they've been hurt so many times. And that is actually helping my mom. We wanted to get her a surgery so she can see back, but the doctor said that there's nothing they can do. And my mom looks at me, sometimes I call her, and she, she just looks at me and says, why are you doing this? I, I just left in the orphanage. And I say, because 
if I'm going to turn my back to you, who, who is going to tell you about God? That's how all the girls are in Stella's house. They don't hate their parents. They just want to go back to them and tell them the love of God. They want to thank them for their lives. And they understand that that was God's plan. When I finished the orphanage, I went to a sports school. And at the end of the year, we had a test at Romanian. So we needed to write an essay about our parents, about love. And I was sitting with my pen. I've never said this story before. And I was sitting with my pen, trying to find the right words to put on the paper, and I couldn't. And the teacher just came in front of me, and she said, Natalie, you're smart enough to write an essay. And I said, yes, I know, but I've never experienced a parent love. I'm so thankful that I went through everything that I went through in my life. Maybe many times I didn't get it. But now I know that there is a God that he has a plan for my life. And I can't, I can't not stay and hear more about the love of God, love of God, love of God. I need to do something about it. Why should I hear it twice and th three times and more than three times? and not tell the people that never heard it once. I'm gonna sing a song, and I wanna speak for all the kids, all the orphans, that they don't know that there's no orphans of God. And I, I hope you'll enjoy it, and I'm not a singer, but I have a song. without guilt or pain so oft abandoned by our transgressions if such a thing as grace exists then grace is made for lives like this there are no strangers there are
such a thing as grace exists when grace was made for lives like this there are no strangers there are no outcasts there are no orphans of god so many foreign but Make sure that in your lifetime you tell somebody that because I'm so sure that there are hundreds of people around you or maybe you that needs to hear that because two years ago I needed to hear that and if it wasn't for him and wasn't for people like you I would have never knew that thank you everyone That amazing. That amazing. I'm so proud of these kids. God, I'm so proud. If you knew the mountain they have to climb. And I look to our young folk in America and we're ruining them, spoiling them. No vision, no purpose. All the stuff they need. And I've found you know my best friends, you know who my best friends are? They're my best friends. I'd rather be with them than anyone else I know. It's the truth. Except Ali. Except Ali. That's the truth. Now, oh, there you go. And would you rather be with me or Ali? I'm not answering that one. <laughs> because I have to go with you in the motorhome for 12 hours. Yes, you're walking home, young lady. She was there. Natalie was there when Ali was born. And watched love flood that room in the hospital. 
had never seen it. Doesn't know what family love is. And the last time I was in Moldova, I went to see our mom. And uh, Natalie was still here and went to see our mom. And all she did was sit and cry. Because we're helping her and, and she just doesn't understand why and how we could do this. And what blows my mind is I want to kill their mothers. I want to kill their fathers who abuse them and chuck them out like pieces of trash. And they'll say, Dad, but you can't do that. Because if we fight and don't like love them, how can we tell them about Jesus? And I go, okay. Our t-shirt says this item, one female size small, price $3,500. Clothes should be bought and sold, not humans. And if you want to get one of these afterwards, it's a tremendous witnessing tool. We have folk contact us all the time and say, man, you won't believe what happened. Someone read my t-shirt and I was able to t tell them about this, what we do and what we support and things. And I mean, this is a great way of letting people know that this church, we are not going to sit by and let these... We, how, many think, how many think we can stop trafficking in Moldova? I can't stop trafficking all over the world, but I'm definitely going to try and stop it in that country. That no orphan girl leaves an orphanage without having a bed to go to. It's going to cost millions upon millions of dollars. But I'll tell you what it'll cost less than. It'll cost less than a mile of American interstate. And if you care enough, Uncle Sam comes and takes his chunk out of you every year, and you just give it up because that's what you got to do. If I could find as much money as Uncle Sam gets from this church to put into this thing, we could have a Stella's house, another Stella's house built. That's the truth. And um, so we just love you guys. Thank you, Natalie. Isn't that marvelous? Oh, I love her. I love her. Come up, Andy, with that, will you? Come up. This is my son, Andrew, for those that don't know. He's my... Um, <laughs> Sometimes I could kill him. But anyway, he's my son. He's my, we adopted Andrew. Chrissy and I adopted Andrew when he was four years of age from, from an orphanage in Romania. And um, he is now graduated from college. I know I paid every bill, son. I know. I, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Thank you, Jesus. They're all done. Thank you, Jesus. One, one final hurdle. And the, the, but the problem is, the deal with these girls is they've all got to have six babies each. And the other day, Constanza says, Dad, where will you put all the grandbabies that we bring back to your house? I says, I'll get a bigger house. I'll buy a hotel. We have books and tapes afterwards. This is a brand new... That's why you're staying here, just to hold things for me, all right? Four years of college. <laughs> Don't remind me. At least you're not your sister. My sister, my daughter Melody, she crammed four years of college into six years. <laughs> <laughs> and
And the day she graduated, this is a God's honest truth. I'm in her bedroom, and she hands me a white piece of paper. And she says, Dad, I just thought you were to know, this is how much my college cost. I almost fell down dead in the room. I could buy Maseratis. I'm getting really angry at you for some reason. I don't know why I feel... This is brand new. Literally, when we came here at a board meeting in Huntsville, Alabama, and we just kept on coming, and we waited in my house until these were unloaded from the truck from the printers, and they brought up a few boxes to us, and we put them in the motorhome, and we we came. So this is the first time anyone has ever seen this book. It is called Stella's Sisters, an honoring Stella, the girl that died of AIDS at 19. And in the book, it tells you how I got to where I am, and then Natalie and Stans and three other girls, Dasha is one of them, I believe, that tells their story of how Jesus found them. I promise you, I have read this book. They sat down and told their stories. I am a basket case every, every time I'm in church with them. They just, it, it, it's just crazy. And you can get this afterwards. It will thrill your soul. See, a young folk, a young folk need to read this book. It's interesting because it's about young folk. Can stand in the bus, not knowing, laughing with another little girl, laughing on the way to the orphanage, and no idea what was waiting for them. Like going to a concentration camp. And her older sister, Christine, and another girl, the sister of the other girl, sitting crying because they knew it was coming. And the other girl was called Arena Lazar, who was in Stella's house today. And she's in the book as well. It's amazing. Get this afterwards. And this is a brand new CD. We just, we just had it out a little while. Last summer, we went to the recording studio. The guy that arranged all the stuff for us for the cruise, he recorded this for us in his studio. And the girls testify and sing on this CD. Buy a hanky before you put it on, I promise you. It will mess you up all over the place. And we have also this, just get this card. They're free at the table. Pick them up along with one of those T-shirts. And you put it in your fridge. It shows you the map of Moldova. It shows you Stella's 1, Stella's 2 and 3. And a picture of Stella, of course, herself and some of the girls. And one of the things we really need, guys, we, we, need, we need finances right now to turn this orphanage over into so we can use it like apartments and stuff. We need tens of thousands of dollars. I'll, think, I'll be honest, I've never been in a situation like this before. It's so much money, I didn't even talk about it. It's so big, it is so off the charts, it ain't even funny. I've got it in my, I've got it in my computer. Um, they, they sent me the thing, $447,000 that we need this, to change over the orphanage, to rebuild the rooms, because the, the, we, we put showers and toilets in the place, but the rest of the place needs fixing up. The floors are all just masonite. And um, it works out at like $11,700 per room. And, and I need 38 rooms. Do you believe there's enough people in America? Do you believe God can give us 38 people to give one room? A church can take 10 rooms or whatever. We just need such... It is such a crazy need right now that I'm, I'm just trying to download it all in my spirit to, to, put, to put words into what it is because it's so big. This is money that I've never had to live with before. This is way off the charts to anything that I've ever had to believe God for before. But I tell you what, He loves these kids. And He will make a way where there is no way. He will make a way where there is no way. And one of the great needs we have... As I'm saying, $65,000 a year just to heat the place. 
not food, not salaries, not clothes. They come, these kids, the first day I met Natalie, what did you have? Just what you were wearing on your body. And she needed a black pair of jeans. And Auntie Mary, one of the girls that worked for us, and I went out and bought her a pair of jeans. And it cost in the market, in the market, cheap market in Moldova, $60 for a pair of jeans. That's why if you see jeans in Walmart, think of us, will you please? These little tops for $3 and $5. You, you might not wear them on your kids, but these girls walk around like they just hit the mother load in, in blessing when we, when, we, when we give them clothes because they never had it. This card represents the lifeline that we can get help to keep this thing going. We need hundreds of people, I mean now, to sign up and say, we'll give a dollar a day, $30 a month. A dollar a day won't buy you a, a can of Coke. Won't buy you a third of a gallon of gas hardly anymore. And if we can get hundreds of people saying, I'm going to adopt these kids. I can't adopt them at my house, but I can adopt them in Stella's house. I can make a place for them there. I am limited. The need is limitless. There are 12,000 orphans in Moldova. The only thing that stops me is how much money I don't have. And when you sit with an answer and you know it's the answer and it's working unbelievably well and all you need is stinking money and you watch billions of dollars being wasted around the world. One of those stupid records that these rap boys put out or, or a singer puts out, one of them, one of them would, would build all the stylish houses we need. And the church is still nickel and diming stuff. We're still $20 people in a, 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 a $1,000 world. A trafficker will buy half for $3,500. And if most Christians ever were told by God to give a $3,500 offering, they would have a heart attack in the pew. But we'll spend $40,000 on a car. Our mind, in the, our world mind is caught up with the cost of things. Our Jesus mind and our church mind still thinks that giving $100 is giving God the biggest gift that he's ever seen in his life. And unfortunately, the world I live in, gas is $6 a gallon in Moldova. Jeans are $60 each. Electricity is two times more expensive than America. These houses are costing us half a million dollars each to build. Not to run, just to build. I never want to build the, the, the wave that happens every month. It gets bigger and bigger. And you are God's answer to it. And if you'd like to help us, the guys have got a car. Just put your hand up and just say, Philip, I'll, be, I'll, I'll take on one of these kids. I'll help by sponsoring Stella's house. A dollar a day is nothing to sacrifice for a Natalie or a Constanza to find Jesus. Amen? Guys, come forward. Just walk towards. Just come, come all the way to the, the front. And if you'd like to help, just put your hand up and they'll give you a card. Give me, those, give me up that book and that, that CD. If you, if you take a card from us today and fill it out, it's no use as a, these things are no use as bookmarks. Do you hear me? They don't do well as bookmarks or Bible marks in your, in your, in your Bible. If you, if you fill this out and give it back to them at the table... We'll give you, as a gift from us, Stella's book and the CD of the girls. And that's worth, um, that's worth at least one month of your sponsorship. But that's, our, that's what we live from and, and sacrifice 
These girls, all this goes for a poor needy cause. I'm poor needy, and they're the cause. God knows they're the cause. Have you enjoyed that today? I know it's been long, but I, I think it's important that once in a while you stop and realize this gospel, it's not about singing some happy songs in church and hearing someone speak for 30 minutes and then, well, that's me being in church. You, you are not in church. You are the church. Do you understand that? You don't come to church. You are the church. What you do every day is the church. And unfortunately, most Christians, when we leave the church, we just act like the world. doesn't help them. But when we show Jesus and we manifest love, I've done nothing clever at all. These kids think I can walk on water. They love their dad. I've done nothing except just love them, just like I've done with my own kids. I treat them just the same as my own kids, get mad at them just my own, shout at them just the same as my own, cuddle them just the same as my own kids, because that's what they need, just a dad. So thank you so much for your love. Go to the back with your card, get one of those t-shirts if you will, and um, we love you so much. God bless you, Aaron. Help us. Thank you, my friend. I think it's worthy, a worthy thing. You know what the scriptures tell us? The scriptures say that pure religion, pure religion is to minister to orphans and widows in their need and keep yourself unspotted from the world. We've been studying James on Wednesday nights, and that's just the gospel truth, practicality of, of being a follower of Christ. Those are just necessities. That's really what it means to follow Christ. I told the, I've told the first group, we're going to do something significant as a body. I'm, Bill's shaking his head, so I'm just going to share it right now. I couldn't share it with the first people because I didn't know for sure. Uh, but we are going to make sure, we are committing ourselves today to $30,000 to send with Philip to make sure we can get that stuff moving and help make sure those bills get paid and make sure that thing gets converted and make sure things happen so that, that there's a place for those kids to go. Are you with me on that? So we're going to do that together. Maybe God's calling you to something up and beyond that as an individual. You know, Rachel and I, we sit every year, and we, we start, I told you guys this before, we sit every year, and we decide, okay, who, what new thing are we going to do together as a family at our, at our giving level? What are we going to do? And i got to be honest, we've been kind of floating around the dark for the first three months of the year, kind of like we can't come to any conclusions. We keep praying. And Philip said, I'm going to pass around these cards. And I went, first of all, I went, I need one of those, please. I, I, my wife doesn't know that yet because we've got a feverish kid at our house again this morning. But I think I found where our next element of us stepping towards something is going to go. I'm just saying that is, that, that's just what I think. And so that's what we need to do. Listen, one thing was conveyed here. If you don't know Jesus, if you have no relationship with Christ, he can turn it around. If he could do it for Natalie, if he could do it for Costanza, if he could do it for all those girls that are in that book, if he could do it for those goes, what about your life is too difficult for him to handle? The answer is nothing. Nothing. And he, he wants you, and he loves you, and he, he, he desires you more than anything else. And if you would turn yourself to him today, he would do amazing things in your life. I'll make that promise because that's his word, not mine. God is good all the time. Let's pray.
Go see them at the table. Do whatever. Father, today, Lord Jesus, we commit ourselves to be the followers of Christ you've called us to be. Lord, we, we, we want to be those who, who minister to orphans, to minister to widows, God, who, who keep ourselves distinguishable from the rest of the world because your light and your love, God, is penetrating our souls and our beings. Lord, I pray, Jesus, that today your grace and your mercy would be extended, not only, God, to the people who've gathered here today because they need to hear, Lord Jesus, your gospel, how it's conveyed in a life of a person, but, God, for those who've been here minister to us, God, you know everything Philip's got going on, the thing with his home at, at, at this house, God, the things he's trying to get done in Moldova and every place else. Lord, I pray that today there will be refreshing upon him, upon his staff, upon his family, God, upon, upon, upon all the, the, the kids that he's interacting with and doing things. Lord, I pray just a, a movement of your Holy Spirit would be upon them. God, we're grateful today that we get to link arms, that we get to partner together. God, I'm grateful that today Church Triumphant extends into Moldova. Church Triumphant extends into the Dominican Republic. The Church Triumphant extends into Mexico and other places, God, because we've linked arms with people like Philip, Lord. Lord Jesus, who are doing the work of ministry, God, changing lives, one person, one life at a time, God. We bless you for that. Lord, I pray for these, God, who are here. Lord, I pray they'd hear your voice. They'd respond to your call. God, not just this morning, but as Philip said, tomorrow as they go. I pray they'd be about winning and discipling and sending and sharing the love of Jesus wherever they go. Lord, I pray your grace over them, your life, and your peace over them, God, today. In Jesus' name, you're great, Lord. It's in your holy and awesome name we pray. Amen.